Well, we're going to get into our word. We're going to get into our word. Uh, we, we're going to have a little bit more time to worship afterwards. Amen. All right. We, we want to seal everything with worship. I told you, as you may be seated, um, we've been going through attacks uh, which uh, are warranted. Anytime you are moving with the Father, you're going to get some attacks. Okay, anytime you are moving in the right direction, if you don't have any resistance going on in your life right now, I would say it's probably because you're going the wrong direction. Let me see it. Open that for me. Open. It is because you're going the wrong direction. So the father told me, he said, worship is the answer to everything. Worship is the answer to everything. Every situation and circumstance that you're going through right now, okay, there is a intimate relationship with your heavenly father. There's a relational conversation that he wants to have with you that will fix that, that will comfort you, even on your good days. If the day is going good, you need to stop and worship. Nobody wants somebody to come to him with just your problems. Thank him for when he, when, when things are going right. Thank him for the blessings. Thank him for the honor, for the privilege of just being alive, breathing, walking, having your right mind. Do you remember you before God? Do you remember you before divine generation? Pre-religion? <laughs> Do you remember Okay, whenever you can look at your life and see change, you should just stop and worship. Father, I thank you that I'm not who I was and that I'm on the track of being who you called me to be. So we're going to get into the teaching. I got a good hour. Uh, We're still on the teaching series of Kingdom Economics. Kingdom Economics. All right, we're going to talk about kingdom economics. Now, kingdom economics deals with more than giving money. Say amen. Amen. It deals with more than just giving money. All right, kingdom economics deals with paying tithes. It deals with giving, but it also deals with character. It also deals with character. All right, every blessing in the Bible, okay, that the Father has for you, is going to be based on your ability to maintain his character. Sometimes we ask the father for things, but he know if I give you that, you're going to act a plum fool. If I give you that, you might not ever talk to me again. If I give you that, you're going to treat everybody like they're small, everybody like they're nothing. If I give you that, he knows. So kingdom economics is more than about paying tithes and giving offering. It's about your character and it's also about your servitude. If he can't use you, everything he do, he does for his namesake. I'm going to say that again. Everything that he does is for his namesake. So if, if you can't attach it to his purpose, you might not need, need to ask for it. If you want it without him, just don't even ask for it. Kingdom economics is going to deal with giving, it's going to deal with character, and it's going to deal with servitude. He wants you to have the blessings. He wants you to have the honor. He wants you to have the glory. He wants you to have the power. He wants you to have the wisdom. He wants you to have the strength. He wants you to have all these things. He said this is your inheritance. See, that's our inheritance and we are his inheritance. He inherited us so that he can give us an inheritance. Now he's just waking on us to do what? Mature. Grow up. The maturity of a child is when they realize if I don't do it the parent's way, it's not going to work. That's maturity of a child. It's when we realize that if we don't do it his way, it will not work. Last week, we talked from the title of 211, Will a Man Rob God? 
A man can't rob God. Okay, robbery is something that you do in the presence of your victim. You come right before them and you take it from them. They notice it. He's letting you know that, look, I've given you this. I've given you this. And all I'm asking you is to give this back in return. Will you rob me? Not rob me in the sense of you can't take nothing from God. But you can rob him of releasing your blessings. The Bible said that he would open up the windows, Manushka, and he will pour out a blessing that will overflow. You ain't got enough room to receive it. That's where you robbing him at. That's where you robbing him at. The window won't crack until you do your part. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Not for his sake. It's for your sake. He don't need the window open. He don't need blessings. We need that. So because we need that, what do we need to do? Say, be obedient. Be obedient to his word, not to me, not to the pastor, not to the prophet, not to the evangelist, not to the teacher, but to his word. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you for they watch for your soul. Watch this. The rule over you is the word. That's the rule. No man has authority over you. The rule is the word. Once we know what the word says, we know the rules. Once we know what the word says, we know the authority to come under. Once we know what the word says, we know what to do. Don't rob your father. Do not rob your father from the opportunity of pouring out blessings because you want to do it your way. Because watch this. It start off small. Just like in a household. In a household, it, it may start off small. Can I spend night over their house? Can I go here? It start off small. But then it but then where it really hits you at is when you want a car. <laughs> it starts off with a chore. With responsibility. How many know you know that you can't be blessed and anointed? You can't be powerful and authoritative and have no responsibility. It starts with a responsibility. How many children of God I got in here? Okay. So that means he's the father. Children don't make the rules. <laughs> children don't create the rules. They get mad, upset. We might not like it, but in the end, we're going to do it the father's way or we're just not going to have what he said we could have. So last week we did, we talked from the topic of 211, will a man rob God? On today, we're going to teach from the title of The Blessings and Laws Behind Tithing. Okay, now tithing is a deep conversation, okay? Right now, I just want to get you in faith and in obedience. I want to make sure that you are blessed. Right now, I'm playing your agent. Okay, I'm your sports agent. My job is to get you in a situation where you constantly grow so that the 10 can increase for, the, for his body. I'm playing sports agent right now. The more millions you make, the, the better the 10 get for him. But I have to let you know the blessings and the laws of tithing. Okay, now I'm not going to leave you in suspense. I'm going to start off letting you know the blessings of tithings, okay, is the fact that he only asked us for something because he wanted to bless a generation. Father don't need our money. God don't need money. He need people. So the purpose of him asking us to tithe, the blessings behind tithing was generational wealth. It's generational wealth. It started with sonship. And we're going to walk through it. It started with Cain and Abel. Then it went to Abraham. Then it went to Levitical, the Leviticus priesthood. It started with him just saying, look, give me your first fruit. If you give me the first fruit, this is what I'm going to do for you. If you give me the first fruit, the 10, I'll make the 90 holy. 
I'll protect the 90. I'll rebuke the devour for your sake. If you give me the first fruits of your day, I'll make the rest of it holy. If you give me the first fruit, if you give me the offering, if you give me your best, my best is better than your best. <laughs> my best is better than your best. So the blessings of tithing is that it's a generational wealth that comes along with it. My children will be blessed. They're blessed right now financially because of us. Because we abided by the system. So they eat, clothe, drive, go, spend. <laughs> Without any understanding of how it happened. It started with us abiding by the rules and the regulations and now you just eat from the good of the land. The Bible said that we would eat from vineyards that we have not planted. Meaning somebody went before us, planted the seed, cultivated it, and now you just coming along eating. That's, the, that's how this church started. We weren't collecting tithes and offerings at Bible study. You're eating from a vine that you didn't have anything to do with. You had absolutely nothing to do with this fruit. You just eat from it. You're blessed. So that's the blessing side. The, the law side was because now there was a need for government. There's a need for government. Okay? There's a need in the body of Christ for order. Say order. Education and welfare. That's the legalistic side of it. The legal side of it, the law side of it is because of the fall. Now we have to reconstruct the body. Now we have to build the church. So now we have to create government. And, and so now the tithe is necessary, the, office is ne the offering is necessary because the government has to get paid to work. I'm going to walk you through the scriptures. I'm going to show you. But there's a reason, okay? So the blessings and the laws behind tithing. The father is, does not have a system in which you don't do nothing and he give you everything. There is no biblical system that says do what you want to do, do it how you want to do, and I got you regardless. We don't raise our parents like that. I mean, we don't raise our kids like some of us may be raising parents. Uh, we don't raise our kids like that. We don't tell you do what you want to do, and we just going to bless you. It don't work like that. Okay, so I have to get that into your head because I don't want you to think me and Dr. Hardy good on money. You know why? Because we, we've been doing the system for 15 plus years. We've been doing the system. We've been giving. We've been giving. I'm going to tell you Dr. Hardy's story one day, and I'm going to tell it to you right now, okay? Well, Dr. Hardy decided she wasn't going to pay tithes, okay, because she wanted to get her. I don't know what she wanted to do. Actually, we, were, we was about to get married, so I ain't had nothing to do with it. It wasn't under my watch. She wasn't even a Hardy. Okay, so, so, so she decided she was not going to pay tithes. She was going to, whatever she did with that man, I don't even want to know. It don't matter. You probably, you remember what you did with it? What'd you do? You bought a what? You bought a car. Oh, so instead of paying her tithes, she went and bought a car. And as soon as she bought, her, bought the car, the axle snapped. You know how much it was to fix it? The exact amount of tithes. The exact amount of the tithes. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. All you had to do is say, Father, I need a car. Here's your tithe. Here's your 10. And he makes that happen. You don't have to finagle and go all around his system to try to get what you want and then think he's going to bless it. It's not going to happen. Y'all telling me to move on in the spirit. I hear you too. Okay, but the law had to come about because, look, the church has to be built. He said, I will build my church. So now we need government workers because this is a people business. Somebody got to pay the mortgage on, on this place. And church folks want the biggest building, praying for a church. Do you know some of them notes is 10000 a month? 
Okay, where that's going to come from? Oh, we quiet and hear no amen, no praise the Lord, nothing. Okay, where that's going to come from? That's going to come from your giving. He didn't call us and tell us to pay for your education. Come on now, this ain't college. All right. All right, keep it moving. Keep it moving. So, the first one we're going to look at is Cain and Abel. We're going to look at Cain and Abel because it all started here. Uh, me and Terry was having a conversation yesterday, and we were saying, you know, you, you really could say that it started at the tree of life. Okay? <laughs> Eat from here, don't touch this. I mean, one rule. He didn't give a list of things. One no ten commandments was one thing. Eat from this tree, don't touch the other tree. Eat from every tree but this one. We are curious to be disobedient. So Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 and we're going to go through verse 7. It says, the man was intimate with his wife Eve and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have had a man child with the Lord's help. Now, Cain's name means it is him. It is him. Now, the reason why she named him Cain because she heard the uh, prophecy that her seed would bruise the heel of Satan. And she thought that Cain was the one. (laughs) She thought Cain was the Messiah. So she named him Cain. Then verse 2 says she also gave birth to to his brother Abel. Abel means breath. Spirit. It says now Abel became a shepherd of flocks. But Cain worked in the ground. Now why is it telling us? It's telling us where he's going to extract his offering from. All right, Where he's going to ask for the blessing from. One worked in the ground. One worked uh, uh, um, with the flock. One shepherd the flock, one worked the ground. Verse 3 said, in the course of time, Cain presented. So it says, in the course of time, which means there was a buildup here. Okay, this didn't, just, this didn't happen suddenly. Okay, Adam spent some time with them and said, this is what thus said the Lord. This is what God said. This is what you should do. He spent time. This happened in the course of time. So it says, In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. So he presented some of the land, the land's produce as an offering. Verse 4 said, and Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portion. It said the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Verse 5 says, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious. He was mad. He was upset. The scripture said he looked at despondent. He was confused. Why did you not accept my offering? Why did you reject my offering and accept his? The Bible says he's not a respecter of person. But he is a respecter of offering. When we talk about practicing righteousness at a gold standard, offering. He might not reject you as a person, but he rejects offerings. I don't know what Cain did. Maybe Cain went to pick the fruit and the vegetables from the garden. And maybe he kept all of the good ones and gave God the spotted ones. I don't know how it looked. Maybe he kept the yellow bananas and gave him all the brown ones. But yet and still, he said, I gave you an offering. But Abel gave him the first. Okay, he gave him the firstling. He gave him the firstborn. And the thing about it is this. Cain was the firstborn. And so by Cain being the firstborn, he's supposed to give an offering as one who was going to take over the kingdom. Instead, Abel gave that offering. Abel didn't just give him the firstborn, but he gave him the fat portion, which means he took the animals, raised them, fed them right. 
Then he butchered him. Look at the meat and said, I'm going to give him the best and I'll just keep the rest. You want to give the father your first, first fruit. The Bible said if the first is holy, then the rest is holy. And the way that this looked was when a priest would do is they would have a lump of dough. And they said, if you take this first tenth of, of this dough and you feed the priesthood, the rest of it will become holy. But because you always have to remember if he asks you to do it a certain way and you do it the wrong way, you did it backwards. So if the first piece that you give to him makes the rest holy, when you don't give him the first piece, it makes the other unholy. When you spend all your money and then when you get down to your last dime, you want to give. And hope that he's going to resurrect. No, he's not going to go against his word. You just make everything you have unholy. That's why he said, bring the whole tithe. Give me the whole 10%. Don't give me 9%. And it's only based on what he wants to give you. <laughs> this is based on, this system is, is purely based on the fact that he wants to give you. This is not based on the fact that I really needed that. You know how they take up four offerings in church? We ain't quite at our, no, God ain't saying that in heaven. We ain't quite meeting yet. We trying to put Gabriel through school. No, this ain't the situation. He does not need our money. Verse six says, it says, the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? And why do you look despondent? Verse seven says, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? If you do it right, I'll accept it. He says, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. He didn't say it was a sin, but he's saying any one time you start going in the wrong direction. Okay, you know if you tell one lie, you got to tell a lie to protect that lie. Okay, then you got to lie to protect that lie. Now you got to live a lie all because you wanted to lie. <laughs> Just tell the truth, do it right. Because he said, if you do it right, I'll accept it. If you don't do it, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire, watch this, its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So you're always going to have some type of appetite, okay? It's in our human nature to, to, to do it the wrong way, to do it the way we want to do it. Am I right? We always, it's just something innate. I think it's, we still got little Adam. Okay, we just want to do it our way. We have to do it our way. We can't follow the guidelines or nothing. <laughs> we walk in work, we want to change all the rules. <laughs> well, that's stupid. <laughs> it ain't your company. What do you mean it's stupid? <laughs> You send out an application, ask for the job, then tell them the way they do stuff is stupid. Hold on. What is going on? Anything that is not done in faith is what? Anything that is not done in faith is what? Say it, say it doctor. It's sin. That's Bible. Anything that you do that's not in faith is sin. So, like I keep telling y'all, before you do anything, get the understanding of how it should be done. Once you know how the Father said do it, then you know it will be blessed. Anything that you want to do, okay, because you are a child of God. How many of y'all children of God in here? Okay, that's pretty much everybody. So our job is, is to find out how he said do it and do it. That's why he expects the church to have one mind. We should all be thinking the same way. Hold on, that ain't right. <laughs> you know what's right, you know what's wrong if you in the word. Hebrews 11 and 4 says this. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. He did it by faith. 
It says, by faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gift. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. Okay, like I told you, this stuff is generational. What you're doing right now is for generations to come. It's for generations to come. The Bible says that a good man leaves something for his generation's generation. Okay, we're always thinking two generations, getting into our purpose, getting into our destiny. All that is for the next generation. What we do now, our kids will eat of it. What we don't do now, our kids will have to build themselves. How many, time, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Our parents didn't do it, so we had to do it. So when we listen to the father, it breaks cycles. He know what he's doing. He said, my thoughts and my ways are far from yours. I'm asking you for 10%, okay? I could ask you for 90. I'm asking you for an offering. And I'm not thinking about me, I'm thinking about you. Because everything, when it comes and pertains to giving, is about your harvest. Say, my harvest. It's about your harvest. Everything he asks you to do is about your harvest. Hebrews. So we looked at Cain and Abel. Now we're going to look at Abraham. And Abraham is, 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 is very much different because Abraham tithed into the eternal priesthood. Okay. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1 says, For Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high, met Abraham and blessed him as he returned from defeating the kings. Now the blessing, that's why I say this stuff is very deep. Okay, we will have to have a, 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 a class on this and teach this at a high level because when Abraham returned from defeating the kings, he ran into Melchizedek and Melchizedek blessed him with communion. The last supper. Okay, it said, verse two says, and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Verse three says, without father, mother, or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the son of God, he remains a priest forever. So Abraham, the father of faith, right? The covenant of blessings that we are attached to. He gave into the eternal priesthood. So he tithed into the body of Christ. And he had to do this before the law was established. So Abraham tied into the eternal priesthood, symbolizing giving into the body of Christ, the eternal priesthood, which, which the body of Christ or Jesus lineage came from Judah. The law says that the priesthood is supposed to come from the Levitical, Levitical priesthood, but instead it came from Judah. It came from Judah because it was the eternal priesthood. It is the priesthood that we would step into. It is the reason why we still pay tithes because we are connected to the blessings of Abraham. We are connected to the blessings of Abraham. If you pay tithes and you give offering, that's just that area, okay? We still talking about character. We still talking about servitude. The word still stands the same. If they bless you, he'll bless them. If they curse you, he'll curse them. So that's what happened for us when he sold into Melchizedek, when he sold into the eternal priesthood. So the father of faith tied into a priesthood that we now represent as a covenant of blessings. So it says in verse four, it says, now consider how great this man was. Even Abraham, the what? The patriarch. What is a patriarch? It's the male head of the family. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the first representation of sonship. And so by, by Abraham tithing into Melchizedek, the forever priesthood, he is tithing into sonship. 
which is letting us know this is how I'm going to work through you. And he had to do it before the law. Because you know once the law was done and the testament was changed, church folks would be talking about we don't tithe because of the law. <laughs> you hear it now. We don't tithe because of the law. Well, it don't matter what you think. Okay, you better get in the word because the them windows ain't going to be cracked. He ain't going to crack no windows in heaven. He ain't going to pour out no blessings. He ain't going to rebuke the devourer. I've seen it time and time again. Amen? So, it says, now consider the great, verse 4, now consider how great this man was. Even Abraham, the patriarch, gave tenth of his plunder to him. So, now, we have pre-law. Okay, this was before the law. The law started with Moses. It didn't start with Abraham. So this is pre-law tithing into the eternal priesthood to, for, for the purpose of what? To, in the future, fund the work of building the church. Y'all with me? I like it when y'all are quiet. Sometimes. Y'all learning something? <laughs> now, we're going to get into the law side of it. Verse 5 said, the sons of Levi who received the priestly office. So now we're talking about office. Now we're talking about an office. Be first, he was just sown into the priesthood. Now we're talking about office. An office. Melchizedek represented Christ as the forever priesthood. Don't have an end, don't have a beginning. We don't know where he came from. It represents the types and the shadows. Read Hebrew chapter 7 for yourself all the way to 10. It represents a type. It's a type and a shadow. He's showing us how to do this according to heaven. So it says, the sons of Levi who received the priestly offering office have a command according to the law to collect a tenth from the people. This is a type. Okay, this is a shadow. He is showing you future. This is how we're going to collect tithes. Abraham already gave into the forever priesthood that aligns us with it. Now, the reason why the Levitical priesthood were the ones that received the tithe was because when it was time to disperse land, they didn't get any land. The reason they didn't get any land because their job was to work the temple. It was to work the temple. They were the ones who were in guard, were, were in charge of the showbread. They were the one who was in charge of the lamps and the stands. They were the ones who was in charge of manning the Ark of the Covenant, moving it from place to place. And it's a resemblance of the church, even now, because me and Dr. Hardy can't go out and just start, start, start law firms. We can't just go out and do what we want to do with our life. We're called to stay in the temple. Our call is to the temple. You can go out and do whatever you want to. You ain't got to show up. We got, we have to show up. We have to pray. I wish I could post this on Facebook, okay, and Instagram, whatever. All of them, all the social media platforms, because I'm tired of people talking about uh, preachers taking people money. No, if you give 10%, if you pay tithes and give offering and, and your lights get cut off, that ain't the church fault. Okay, you got a whole nother 90. If you pay the 10 and, and you got the 90, how is it the church fault that your light? No, that's a mismanagement of your money. Or you're giving with the wrong intentions. The reason why preachers are blessed more than the congregation is this. Y'all ready? Because we have to practice righteousness. We have to hear the call, pray. We have to hear the call, fast. We have to study the word. We have to give because we can't receive this until we give to another man's. We have to come to church. You can't say you have a call and then don't show, what's going on? So the reason why the preacher is more blessed than the congregation because we practice righteousness at a high standard. If you would take that and do it with your business, 
you get the same results. If you would take it and do it with what he has called you with, called you to do, you will get the same results. If your stuff is not blessed, it's because you're not going with the guidelines of the word. The word is truth, amen? It's spirit and life. The reason why the congregation is not as blessed as the preacher is because they're not doing the same thing the preacher doing. They take days off because they're, look, you don't have to get on a prayer call. I have to. <laughs> I got to study to preach, to teach. I have to. I have to get a word. I can't take days off and just chill and sit back. I'd be glad. That's what we're trying to build a team. I would love, okay, I believe, I, look, I, I believe in sabbaticals. I believe in sabbaticals. I believe in vacations. I believe in getting away and rest. But just think if you have a business and you just you just rest and you don't do nothing, what's going to happen to your business? It, it's going to falter. It's going to fail. She said it's going to rest too. Amen. So it says that uh, he, the command was according to the law to co- collect a tenth from the people. That is his brothers and sisters. This is how we got to the tithe. Though they have also descended from Abraham. So you have post-law tithing that is based on building of the government. It's built, it is based on kingdom work. Because the Levitical priesthood didn't have the option of going out and doing all the other stuff, they had to sit and just do what the father said. And he said, so all you other tribes are to give a tenth of what you have. I got some more scriptures for you. I ain't done quite yet. Okay, so pre-law tithing was through the patriarch on behalf of a divine priesthood. Amen? Post-law tithing was based on the need for government because we need order, because we need education, because welfare is important in the church. Now we have to hire government workers. Somebody has to get paid just like in in the natural world. Somebody got to do the streets. You riding, hitting potholes, complaining, but don't want to pay taxes. You mad at FICA, but then you want your street lights to stay on and fixed. I'm just telling you. Okay, let's, let's continue on. Romans, because he said, I will build my church. So now the church has to be built. The Bible says that we have to labor with you until Christ is formed. Do you know that's regardless if you pay tithes or not? Do you know that's regardless if you give an offering or not? I still have to remain on my post. I by the way, I don't even look at tithes and offering. That's Dr. Hardy. Only thing I ask is if you're a leader. That's the only thing I ask. If you're a leader, that's the only time I ask her to tell me. Other than that, I don't want to know. Because when I preach stuff like this, I look at people's face, I don't want to know what you're doing. I just want you to align yourself with the Father so you can have what he wants you to have. Care about the tithes and the offering? I'm going to spend Dr. Hardy money. All right? Uh, she ain't had no problem. Do, you, you better know. Boy, I want to tell a whole story. Not today. You just saying that because she, ooh. Romans chapter 13, verse 5. Now, in this passage of scripture, if you read from chapter 1, he's talking about the government. All right? He's telling you to be subject to governing authorities. Now, we can't. No, now he ain't talking about America. He ain't talking about the White House. Okay, God is into two things, either kingdom, okay, or theocracy. <laughs> All right, he ain't into democracy, Republican, no. God did not establish this government. Okay, we be obedient, okay, because we're supposed to pray for our rulers. But the way they make laws and stuff nowadays, you can't follow that stuff. Most of it go against the Bible. Most of it go against the word. She said all of it. 
Verse 5 says, therefore, you must submit not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. Verse 6 says, and for this reason, you pay taxes. It says, since the authorities are God's servants, continually attending to these tasks, you throwing stuff out the window, we pay, your taxes paying people to clean it up. You looking at the grass and say, man, what's wrong with this over here? Somebody got to be paid to do that. Somebody got to be paid to pave roads. Somebody got to pay the police department. That comes to your taxes saying that, that this needs to be paid out because these things are working on behalf of who? The people. Verse 7 says, pay your, op- pay your obligations to everyone. To everyone, taxes to those who owe taxes, tolls to those who you owe tolls, respect to those who you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. Verse 8 says, do not owe anyone anything except to love. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So if it's a sign to pay, pay the tax, they came to Jesus, Pharisees, hypocrites, came to him and said, good master, we just want to know. Should we pay taxes? He said, give me the coin. Who inscription is this? <laughs> he said, Caesar. Well, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give God what belongs to God. This is the son of God said that. The son of God said that. Amen. Jesus said that. Luke chapter 20. It ain't up there. Luke uh, uh, chapter 20 verse 20 through 26. Look at it. Okay. Now look at what he said. He said give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But give God. Come on. What belongs to him? Give him what belongs to him. Them first fruit belong to him. Not just your money, your time. Your day. Start your day off with praise. Too many scriptures talking about rising up early in the morning and praying. Why? First fruit. Give him the first of all of you. We ain't just talking about the tithe. So give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Give the government what belongs to them. They're going to take it anyway. If they don't take it and you try to keep it from them, they're going to come and get you. And they're going to take your property. And they're going to sell it for a lot cheaper just to get theirs. They're going to make sure they get theirs. So the Father, Jesus said, give God what belongs to God. Now, why would God want his stuff? Because he needs people aligned to feed you. He said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. You want revelation. You don't want no tithe dry preaching. Okay, you don't want, no t- you don't want somebody that's working 80 hours a week and then got to prepare a message. Because there ain't much prayer going on. You want AC? I mean, you got to think about what you want, what you're asking for. You want cameras? We want, we want the whole shebang, am I right? Well, where that's going to come from? He designed for you to do that so that he can bring you up in your finances. This whole thing is about your harvest. It's about your harvest. It's not about the pastor. People think, I ain't giving that preacher all that money. No, watch this. The father going to take care of his man regardless. He going to take care of his man regardless. He going to take care of his woman regardless. I keep telling y'all, those who are pillars in his house, he going to make sure that you are unmovable. He going to make sure if you are doing his will that you don't stop. All you have to do is 
give according to how he said give your character according to what his character looks like and then servitude when we told you what church 101 was about was first conforming to the image of christ that's why you show up because you want to be more and more like christ we ain't quite quite there we want to be more and more like christ the second reason is because spiritual intelligence and spiritual intelligence is simply this is how the kingdom does it Once I know how, that's what wisdom is, spiritual intelligence. Once I know how the kingdom does it, I just follow that protocol. When you're not spiritually intelligent, you're working against your own purpose. You're working against your own destiny. He's giving you visions, dreams of where you're going to be, but you're not complying with the rules and regulations that will get you there. That's why he said apostles first, foundation, then prophets. When people get caught up with prophecy, if prophecy is foresight. That's letting you know what's going to happen down the street, around the corner, a couple days from now. Insight is going to tell you how to get the roadmap to get to that so that you don't fall short before you get the promise. Okay? And so he put the apostle first, then he put the prophet. I know in the Old Testament it says he don't do nothing without the prophets, but the redeemer, we didn't have a savior, we didn't have a message. So there was no need to send someone with a message. That's what apostles were. They were sent with the message. In the Old Testament, it was all about prophecy, about a message that was about to happen. Okay? So now we're setting foundational stuff because once you set the foundational stuff, once you tell you the truth, the rules, the regulations, how it works, now we know who's being, watch this word, unruly. Now we have an establishment for disobedience. That's why Satan keeps people out the word. He blinds the eyes of the unbeliever. He don't want them to see because if they see, it's going to sear their conscience. That's why he's not with the whole homosexuality agenda because as soon as you introduce something, you give a person another option. That's why he don't like fornication. It's another option. He said, wait till you get married. (laughs) Just wait till you get married. All right. Y'all said keep it moving. This ain't got nothing to do with tithes and offering. Whatever. I ain't scared of y'all. My last set of scriptures. I'm on time. So now, if you read 1 Corinthians, I want you to read the whole chapter 9. Okay, because Paul is making this this statement about being an apostle. Okay, because his apostleship has been challenged. So he's making this statement like, hold on, don't we have a right to something in the gospel? Don't we have a right? Okay, to not work, don't we have a right to bring a, a, a believing wife? Don't we have these rights or is it only the congregation? See, only the congregation can take as many days off you want to from church. We don't have a right to do that. We can't do that. So read that whole chapter. We're going to start with verse 7. It says, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? So I was in the military. Okay, the thing that makes people addicted to the military is that they pay for everything. They pay for everything. You enlist, they give you a paycheck, okay? Then they give you a food stipend, okay? They give you housing, which they pay the electricity, (laughs) okay? They paying the rent, plus they get your paycheck. So you got a paycheck, you ain't got to pay no rent, you ain't got to pay no electricity, you ain't got to pay no garbage, you ain't pay for no food. Why? Because you're serving. Because you're serving. Nobody serves at their own expense. Then he says, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of his fruit? Who spends time in the vineyard and don't have it and can't taste the grapes? That's atrocity. Then he says, or who shepherds 
a flock and does not drink the milk from the flock. He's letting you know this is how it works. He says, who serves at his own expense? Who plants and does not eat? Who shepherds and does not drink? Verse 8 says, am I saying this from a human perspective? Watch this. Doesn't the law also say the same thing? That's a law. It says, doesn't the law also say the same thing? We're going to get messy in a second. Here we go. Verse 9 says, for it is written in the law of Moses. Now, are we under the law of Moses? Say no. Say no. Okay, but watch this. He says, doesn't, for it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain. It was a law written to protect animals. The law was written to protect animals. We ain't under the law, but let's use some common sense with this. Paul goes on to say, is God really concerned about oxen? (laughs) Is God really concerned about oxen? This law was not made for oxen. It was made to let you know, if we ain't going to treat an animal like that, surely... He rebuked the devourer, see? If we're not going to treat an animal like this who's serving for us to help us plow, then surely we're not going to treat a human like this. Surely we're not going to treat a human like this. And that's why I keep telling you, God is not raising stingy kids. Say amen. God is not raising selfish kids. Say amen. He's not raising kids who take, 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 and don't want to give nothing. You come eat, grow, and say, I ain't giving nothing. Well, the issue with this is this. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, let's keep going. The issue with this is this. You have a product. You have a calling. Watch this. If, Serena, if this job does not deserve money, then what other one does? If this job right here, we don't deserve finances, then what job does? Your music? (laughs) What deserves job? What deserves? If this position right here in which we feed the people, we counsel the people, we pray with the people. You bring your situations and circumstances, your frustrations to us. Our phones don't stop ringing. We have a responsibility to you. And if you don't think that this job deserves money, then how in the H-E double hockey sticks do you think a rapper deserves a million dollars? So he can sit in the club and throw it up. How do you think that the mall, you can go buy a $200 pair of Jordans. You can go shop at, I don't even know their name. Okay, whatever, Mark Court, whatever. You can go shop at the mall, give money to people who ain't going to do nothing for your soul. So all these, LeBron James can make a billion dollars shooting basketball, but the one who God has called to feed your soul, to watch over your soul, to feed you, we don't deserve it. So Drake can get an airplane, but a preacher can't. Are we for real with this? This is goofy. Somebody can make a movie, make a hundred million dollars, if you ain't get, it wasn't even that good. You can take two messages from this podcast and you can take any rapper, dead or alive, any actor, and you can put their messages up to what that stuff does for your soul. One message kills Jay-Z, Tupac, all their catalogs. One message. One message. But yet and still, 
We are packed stadiums so they can corrupt our soul. We don't think, we don't think preachers deserve nothing. But the father is like, nah, that's not my plan. If you write a book, you deserve people to pay the worth of your book. But if you have a mindset that from here don't deserve it, then what? what's your book? What's your, I'm, let's be realistic about this thing. If this don't deserve payment and money, then what else deserves money? You got a t-shirt company making millions of dollars, but then I ain't got time for the foolishness. Verse 10 says, isn't he, watch this, let's read 9 again. It says, for it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is God really concerned with oxen? Isn't he really saying it for our sake? Yes, this is written for our sake. Because he who plows ought to plow in hope. (laughs) This is biblical, right? Okay, and he who threshes should thresh in hope of sharing the crops. Verse 11. I want y'all to read this together. So y'all don't say I said it. Read verse 11 all together. This is our situation. This why the tithe is important to him, because we not important to y'all. The tithe is important to him because he knew we would not be important to y'all. He says, if we have sown things to you, is it too much? Did we reap material benefits from you? Or are you going to let us build you up, build you up, build you up, and then you keep everything? That's why, watch this. If God can't speak to you about your money, hold on, I want everybody to pay attention. If God can't speak to you about your money, he can't talk to you. He ain't giving you no revelation. He ain't giving you no prophecy. If he can't talk to you about your character, He ain't speaking to you about nothing else. If he can't talk to you about serving, how is he giving you all of these visions and dreams and that you're going to be great, but he can't tell you to give? He can't tell you to fast? He can't tell you to study? He can't tell you to read the word? He can't tell you to come to church? Only thing he can do is give you. You stingy, you selfish, and you not hearing from God. It's impossible for you to hear the things that make you feel good, but not the things that correct you. If you cannot receive correction, he can't talk to you. He's not talking to you. Product intelligence. Do you know that your seed come from your fruit? Ah, we'll talk about that another time. Your seed come from your fruit. Every fruit has seed in it. When you give love, you'll get it back. Verse 12 says, if others have this right to receive benefits from you, don't we even more? Nevertheless, we do not. We have not made use of this right. Instead, we endure everything so that we would not hinder the gospel of Christ. You know this church been open for over two years. It's my first time preaching about giving. When we were starting this church, I was doing a budget in Terry, saying, okay, how are we going to pray for this building? Dr. Hardy popped up. You know we collect tithes and offerings. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. 
Because I was thinking, I got to pay for the building, everything out of my money. I wasn't even thinking about collecting no money from y'all. I didn't start this with, a, with intentions to get from you. Like I told you, we've been together for 15 years. We've let 15 people stay in our house rent-free. We've given away five or six Lexus for free. Our heart has always been wrapped up in this. That's why we will forever be blessed. Forever blessed. I'm trying to show y'all how to do it. Wrap your heart up in his stuff. It's the only thing going to last. He said have an eternal perspective. A heavenly perspective. I got three minutes. Okay. It says... Verse 13 says, do you know that those who perform the temple services eat the food from the temple? And those who serve at the altar share in the offering of the altar? So the tithe and offering is supposed to come to help us. I'm going to break it down a little bit more for y'all. Verse 14 says in the second, read verse 14. just don't want you to think I said it. I don't want you to think I'm saying it because of me. No, the Lord commanded. When did he command? When he told Abraham, bless Melchizedek. Give Melchizedek a tenth. (laughs) It says, so in the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should earn their living by the gospel. For verse 15 says, for my part, I have used none of these rights. Amen? Okay. Nor have I written these things that they may be applied in my case. Nope, I didn't even write it. I'm just reading it to you. I'm not preaching it so y'all can give me more money. I'm telling you right now, this is about your harvest. This is about your product. This is about your business. This is about your destiny. I'm going to keep doing it regardless. If you give or not, that's why I don't want to know what the tithe. I don't even want to know who giving. I don't want to know who not giving. Because I'm not going to treat you different because I didn't sign up to get your money. I signed up to labor with you until Christ is formed in you. I, I signed up to bring, to bring you up. I signed up to get you your destiny. I know from whence cometh my help. <laughs> Verse 15. He says, for it would be better for me to die than for anyone to deprive me of my boast. This is the boast. Verse 16, for if I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast because I am compelled to preach. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So regardless if y'all do it or not, I got to do it fully, full fledged, all my heart into it. I can't take a day off when they ain't paying tithes. Well, they ain't giving an offering. I ain't getting on no prayer call. I can't do that. I have to do it fully regardless of what people give. Regardless of what people say. <laughs> this, is the, this is our job. Verse 17 says, for if I do it this willingly, I have a reward. That's, you see? Do it willingly. But if unwillingly, I'm entrusted with a commission. Y'all know what that means? If I do it willingly, I have a reward. But if I do it in resentment, I just have a mission. But I can't get the reward. Verse 18. So what then is my reward? To preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my rights in the gospel. That's my reward. That is our reward. But this is what I want you to see as I close. Okay? The church business model is we give you the product before you pay. Where you get that at? Just church. We give you our attention, our time, the word that we studied, that we labored over, we give it to you. We don't, we not like, like the mall. I'm not sitting at the door. Um, remember the last message was good. You don't have to pay for this one. 
Then I record it and release it on the podcast so you can get it, study it. Get, you know, most, most preachers don't do that. I was telling pastors, I was like, man, once you put your messages, somebody going to steal them. It's about y'all eating and growing and developing. Secondly, this is, the, this is the business model of the church. I want you to see this. Do you know, even after y'all give, that the, it's the, the, the tithe and the offering is for the temple and the priest? So watch this. If we was living off of tithes and offering, you know what that means? We can't eat. My family can't eat until the rent paid. We can't even eat to the rent paid. So let's say we got a big church and the, and the mortgage is $8,000 a month. We need $8,000 to come in to pay this. To pay, We need to pay the power bill. We need to make sure everything stays on. Then my family can eat. This is a messed up model, ain't this? Ain't, who gonna start a business like that? But this is how it works. And then you're not gonna talk about giving to the poor and then helping the people. The, y'all, have taken, y'all have gotten more money out of this church than we have. Amen? We have given you guys more money than we have taken from the church. This church didn't buy a house, it didn't pay for our cars, none of it. But this is the motto. If we don't get paid, we still have a commission. Watch this. To make you great. Even if you don't, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, we still have this assignment. This is the blessing and the law of the tithes. God said, render unto his because he got government workers to feed. And they his sons and daughters. Now, if you, do we give to the poor? Okay, come on. We give to the poor, we give to the people, and we take care of the temple. 